All right, we are launching into a series called Trending Now. So you see all the videos, the clickbait stuff, take five, uh, five quiz to find out what Star Wars character you are, um, you know, like all these different things that just grab your attention, and then three hours later, you like, what just happened? What, what, what happened with my day? Uh, I don't know. Why is it 3 a.m. and I'm still awake? I don't understand. Darn internet cat videos got me. Uh, but... It's never happened to me. It's just you. Uh, just you. All right. And so we're going to talk about trending stuff, things that really matter, things that hook us, things that we kind of fixate on, things that we really think about. We, uh, we're going to talk about, from now until Thanksgiving, ideas that really, really, really kind of hit home for all of us. The last series was called Face to Face, where we talked about experiencing God, getting to know God, seeing God. So often the question after we meet God is, now what? Right? What, what, what do I do with this? <laughs> where do I go from here? And so all the next topics will be about now answering the now what kind of questions. Okay? So that's where we're going. Today, we're going to talk about dealing with difficult people. This is a no-elbow-throwing zone. So husbands and wives, please keep elbows inside the vehicle at all times, all right? We will talk about things that probably will come up with, I mean, I deal with that <clears throat> quite regularly right now, and you're just going to kind of want to do this. And that's okay. Um, just try not to. And then when you get in your car on the way home, that doesn't mean you've left the no-elbow-throwing zone. Little pre thank you, thank you, sir. I've had uh, some throat issues this week, and I'm going to be able to speak as long as I have water. So now we can go for, for a while. Um, so there's, there's that. Um, <laughs> anyway, no elbow throwing zone. Very important that you do this. What we're talking about today, the hook for it, was how to make Thanksgiving taste better. How to make Thanksgiving taste better. Because Thanksgiving tastes better, the turkey tastes better, when there's not anxiety and tension around the table. Amen? If you've ever been to a family gathering, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And some of you are in a place, it is so difficult sometimes that you need to know who made what dish so that you know, because if I don't gloat over that pie well enough, or if I don't eat the fruit that's in that jello quick enough, or if that corn casserole of whatever is not consumed quick enough, we're going to have all kinds of problems for the whole rest of the day. And that's going to carry over into Christmas dinner. And now I just dread the holidays instead of love this time of year. That's only for my family. None of you experience any of that. That's just me, right? But so we're going to talk about how to make Thanksgiving taste better. Because we had a Thanksgiving. For, I, we moved because Kelly and I are smart people. We moved um, Thanksgiving break one time, uh, and we had, we started off the week moving, Kelly got food poisoning, which is always a great way to start off a move, by the way, um, highly recommend it, because you get out all the work, and I'm just sorry, I've let that go, uh, no, uh, <laughs> it's 10 years ago, Jared, let it go, let it go, it's going to be a reoccurring theme today, um, and, but we didn't really think about the whole Thanksgiving dinner being prepared, right? So we invited all of our in-laws to our house 
to help us move, right? Yeah, why don't you come uh, help us move on Thanksgiving week? Except there's this meal that usually happens, so we basically kind of ordered out Thanksgiving, which was fabulous for me. This year, I'm pulling for, like, just, you can go over to our queue, and they will smoke a bird for you. Thinking, come on now. I'm supporting a local business, having some delicious meats. I think this is a great idea. But anyway, for some reason, families don't like that. They have traditions about who cooked what and where that cranberry sauce is that no one eats except uh, Missy Rainford makes a delicious cranberry sauce. She made it for me last year. There's a shameless plug in that for again this year. Um, but you have this you have this stuff that you just it just fell by the wayside because we didn't we didn't really plan all that out. And so Thanksgiving dinner could taste very different when you when you don't prepare it. When you don't prepare it physically like we did, we ordered it out. It tasted different. Whatever, you know, Jewel could throw together for us for Thanksgiving is what we got. It tasted different. Thanksgiving dinner tastes different when you don't prepare yourself for the lingering conflicts. Thanksgiving dinner tastes different when a difficult person hijacks the conversation. Thanksgiving dinner tastes different when there's anxieties and hurts and layers of unforgiveness around the table. And so today, we kind of want to explore that, delve into that, deal with it, because if there is a universal truth, is that we all deal with difficult people. If you don't deal with any difficult people, you may want to look in the room, mirror, because you may be that difficult person. Conversely, If everyone you deal with is so difficult to deal with, you may be the difficult one. Okay? I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe a little self-reflection will help you out. Verse for the day is 2 Timothy 2, 23-26. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. Can I get an amen there? A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. There should be some underlining, some life versing happening right now. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. No, 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 no. We're going to start preaching before we're even supposed to start preaching here. Perhaps God will change these people's hearts. Not perhaps Jimmy will change their hearts. Not perhaps Lori will change their hearts. Not perhaps Chris will change their mind and they will see the light and finally not argue with me all the time. It doesn't say that, does it? It says perhaps God will change their hearts. There is a control issue there that I think sometimes often Jared wanted to be the one who changed their hearts. Right, Paul? But I think we all we struggle with that. We want that control. We want, if I just yell at you enough, you will start to understand that you are dumb. I had a boss that that's he was a pastor. This is how he referred to me all the time. You are dumb all the time, and it was a term of you guys understand why I'm the way I am now. So there we go. Um, it was always when I did something smart. It was really interesting. But anyway, uh, Mark Nielsen, ladies and gentlemen, interesting cat. Uh, but, God, not you, 
will change people's hearts. And they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. When you are encapsulated in quarrels, when you're encapsulated in petty arguments, you are doing the work of the devil. You are ensnared in his trap. We are in an environment right now. I don't know if you know this, but there is a political thing going on right now. This thing called an election that's happening. Um, I get hate mail aimed towards different people all the time on my doorstep. I don't know who these, uh, the, the ladies that are catfighting it out in public right now, um, Bertino, whatever, and whatever faces. I don't know. I don't want to endorse anybody or not endorse anybody. I don't, but this looks like, ew. You you read you're like ooh um, just ooh why I don't know what any of them stand for I just know that the, each other hates each other that's all I know we're in this political environment right now where we have um, some issues nationally we have some issues locally we have very caught up individuals in their own sides. But when we read this scripture, do not get caught up in foolish arguments that only start fights. I feel like this is Facebook right now. A servant of the Lord must not, what? Quarrel, but be kind to everyone, be able to teach and patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change their hearts. Not you, perhaps God. Then they will come to their senses and escape the devil's trap. We have to be very, very careful right now. I went to Georgia. Thank you, uh, Kevin, for preaching for me last week. I got the opportunity to preside over a wedding ceremony of one of my just cherished, cherished students last week. Uh, Daniel, who is referred to as my, for my kids as Uncle Daniel, um, the, the, the weird-looking dude with the beard, okay? Um, <laughs> love him to death. I am closer to him and his family than I am my own biologic family. Like they, they are, they have my heart. I love that family. And I got to do, uh, preside over their wedding last week. And it was just, not Daniel, his little sister, sorry. Um, and it was just gorgeous and wonderful to be a part of. But while I was there, my, my in-laws still live in Atlanta, Georgia. So we got free lodging, except free lodging with in-laws. Is it really free? <laughs> yeah. That is the question. And so we're up, the kids have all gone to bed, and we're talking, and my brother-in-law comes into the living room and asks a political charged question. And so I don't have to go to Georgia for Thanksgiving this year. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. It went well, but it was exciting. It was like Kelly and I looked at each other like, and you could hear, like, I'm surprised the fire alarm didn't go off. And just go, wah, 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 wah. Danger, danger, Mr. Robinson. What is happening? Uh, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work out right now. And I just, so I, I was very proud of myself because the Lord took my tongue. And um, it's one of those times where I knew that the Lord was present and the Holy Spirit was working in my life. Because I was very measured in my question. I was like, let's just ask a clarification, clarification question. What do you mean by that? How does that make you feel? 
Because, yeah, I was, thank you, Tracy. I, I put on my big boy pants and I did good things, right? But here's the deal. Like, this is family, and that would make Thanksgiving in, what, six weeks taste drastically different if this does not go well. It, with the fireworks and, okay, we're going to go get a hotel now. You know, wake the kids up and leave. It, it all went perfectly swimmingly, and our viewpoints weren't that far different, but they could have been. We didn't. I didn't know where he was coming from. And it was just it was one of those exciting things. Kelly and I went downstairs uh, afterwards to, to go to bed, and I looked at her, and she just looks at me, and she goes, well, that could have gone differently. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit was on us. We have to be careful. We have to be very diligent in guarding our tongue, guarding our facial expressions, figuring out how are we going to actually deal with this issue. Taking the time not to shoot off the, off, off the cuff, whatever you, your gut reaction is, but to think, where is this person coming from? Maybe I need a little more clarity before I go off. Our inability to deal with difficult people makes the problems worse. We have a, a climate in our, our country right now where I feel like as the church, we have said, well, I don't like that. I'm going to take my ball and go home. I'm going to walk over here. And then we went, I don't like that. I'm going to take my ball and go home. I'm going to go over here. I don't like that. I'm going to go over here. Problem is now we can't, we're like, uh-oh. I got my ball. I got nowhere else to go. We got to deal with the issues uh, around us. And as a church, we've been doing that in the corporate of our whole country, and I got a feeling we do it in our families as well. This is an individualistic problem, and it is also like your corporate work environment problem, and it is also a national problem. It is where we have been merciful, and we've been me, you know, we've just said, okay, we're just, we're just going to take our way out of it. We're going to take our ball and go home. But instead, it says, well, the correct reaction was to be this, do not quarrel. We took that part, and we did good at it. I'm just going to go away, go home. We'll let the outspoken people do their thing. But then it follows that with be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. And here's the part where we have failed, I think, our country. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Our inability to deal with difficult people makes the problem worse, and ignoring it isn't working. I don't know which side of the aisle you sit on, and it doesn't matter in that we've just ignored the problem, taken our ball and gone home. <clears throat> in our political situation, we have this stuff going on, but if we're honest with ourselves, we have it going on in our very own homes, on our own job sites, at our own work environments, in our own offices, with our kids, with the PTO, with whoever's mom of the month that planning the Halloween party, right? We all struggle. We all have these people in our lives, these situations in our lives that cause difficulties. How do we counter the crazy makers in our lives? Everyone deals with difficult people. If you don't know any difficult people, like I said before, look in the mirror. What makes a person difficult? People are difficult because we live in a sinful world. There's a thing called pride. There's a thing called selfishness. And this is the root at which causes people to be difficult. When someone's being difficult, it's usually because they want it their way. Mine. 
that we have a lot of grown-up two-year-olds in our lives. <laughs> right? Difficult people. You all know different kinds of difficult people. Well, why do we have difficult people? Because as the scripture just said, Satan uses it in a trap to bait people to do stupid things. He uses it because difficult people causes all kinds of strife and issues in relationship. And relationships are one of the best ways in which God uses and expands the kingdom of God. So therefore, it stands to reason that Satan would want to attack what? Relationships. And nothing messes up relationships faster than difficult people. There's a couple of different ways of difficult people we're going to talk about today. Some of you may know these people. Some of you may not. The hammer. The hammer is a person who is, I am right. You are wrong. It is my way. They just, there's no discussion. There is nothing around it. It's boom. How you like me now? Right? You may know the hammer. You may be a hammer. Stop that. Second one is the megaphone. The megaphone just talks. The megaphone will just talk you into submission. They just talk about it. They just talk about you. They talk about you. They talk a little louder, and they talk more, and they talk more, and they, go, they talk about nothing, but they just keep on talking. And by the end of the time, you're just like, yes, whatever you want, just stop talking. Third person is uh, Bubble Buster. This is the Eeyore, right? Everything is terrible. That was a great day. It rained, right? They will find anything. The block party was an amazing success. Yeah, but it ended with rain. That caused everybody to pitch in and clean up real quick. Yeah, it was awesome. But it rained. <laughs> it's not the appropriate. See, that's the hammer and me wanting to come out. See, it, it just, uh, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, none of you ever said anything like that. So, you know, no, never mind. You didn't, actually. Uh, but there you go. Uh, the volcano. Volcano is a very dangerous person. You may know a volcano. You may be a volcano. People who erupt and spew forth molten hot magma. Right? They spew forth lava on you and burn you. That you feel like that they just, they hold it in, 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 they hold it in and also... <laughs> and you're just going, ah, 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 ah. Here's the deal about volcano people. Have you ever seen a picture of Mount St. Helens pre-1981? It's a beautiful mountain. Seen it afterwards, half of it's gone. The volcano doesn't just harm the people around it. It harms you as well. Watch yourself. <clears throat> space cadet. The space cadet. This is kind of the uh, antithesis, basically, of a, <clears throat> of a volcano. But a space cadet is very interesting. Steve Jobs was a space cadet in that he had this thing they referred to as the reality distortion field around him. That you could tell him, say, Steve, this is the worst product in the history of mankind. It will never sell. And he's just like, I appreciate you. You think this is the best product in the history of mankind, and we're going to sell a bunch. That is awesome that you think that. Like, he's, no, that's not, that's not, what, I, not, what, not what I said. I said it wasn't going to work. I think it's awesome that you're so on board. I said, hmm, 
right? And some of you have bosses that are like this. Like, oh, it's so exciting. You're going to meet your sales quota this month. I just told you I'm not going to meet my sales quota. We don't have any product to sell. I have to have product to sell it. Good job. You're, You're doing great things. I've had a boss like that. So like, what? Huh? That's difficult to work for. It's hard to work for. It's just a reality distortion field. You come in, you're like, well, no, that's difficult. And strangling is not an option because it's a felony. <clears throat> the clam, the clam, they're going to kill you with the silent treatment. Oh, they're so mad at you. They're so passive aggressive about it. No one knows anybody like this. This, let's see here. And you left guessing at what actually made them mad and what wrong. Because I did these three things. Any three of them could have messed this up. Um, and you start catering to the clam and you get a crowbar out and you're trying to, and you're trying to get it open. Then you break something of your own trying to open up the clam. The nitpicker. I will find the imperfection. Honey, I cleaned the whole house. Yeah, well, that toilet seat was left up. <laughs> right? No elbows. Elbow in. Elbow in. The nitpicker. The crybaby. Oh, the crybaby. They complain about everything. Complain to control. You don't love me. Why is this this way? Why can't it be at my house this year? Why is it? They complain to control because just to get, the, it's just like the two-year-old, to get them to stop, you just like throw toys at them. The problem is they're 80 years old and you continue to throw toys at them. The user, someone who uses guilt and they just will guilt you and guilt you and guilt you. And they remember stuff from 1965 that you didn't take the trash out on that Wednesday night and that comes up in 2016 Christmas. Well, you've been holding on to that one for a little bit there, haven't you? I wasn't even alive yet, but you can use it against me if you want to. Finally, the last one is the garbage collector, and they just go about and picking up stuff. Junk. They pick up junk that's not even their own. They're like, oh, I'm going to pick up my neighbor's junk. I'm going to pick it up, pick it up. And then all of a sudden, they walk into their house, and they just jump all the garbage in your house, and they stink the place up to high heaven. Garbage collector. These are all very difficult people to deal with. And you're going, yes, Jared, I know these people. What's the point? Where we're going to go from here is let's make a plan on how to get through this, how to work through this. Maybe you need a little self-reflection and go, man, I am one of these difficult people. I need to work on that. But you have options here. You can curse it. You can just get angry about it. You can get mad at the person. You can write the person off. You can just say, ah, and you, you know, you can, my family will never go to Thanksgiving again. We're not, we're not celebrating Thanksgiving. I don't care about pilgrims anymore. We're just done. We're not doing it anymore. You can do that. I don't like that option. You can nurse it. You can just massage the hate. You can massage the anger. We're really good at doing this, I think, at work, right? And where we just, we just, oh, that boss, oh, that person, oh, that, and we just build this volcano and build it and build it and build it and build it. Or we can reverse it. We can stop it. We have this option. We can turn from it. We can curse it. We can nurse it. We can reverse it. 
It does rhyme. I'm now a rapper. You like that. The biblical response is this. <laughs> we have to plan on how we're going to treat the difficult situations. Not overthink them, not stress about them, not fixate them, but be prepared for them to reverse it. Here we go. You ready? The first one is this. None of these are easy to do, by the way. These are all difficult to do because to counteract difficult people in our lives, there's difficult things that need to happen to come to a proper um, resolution. Realize you cannot please everyone. Realize you cannot please everyone. You can't please everyone. John 5, uh, 30 says this, By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. This is Jesus talking about himself. I seek not to please me, myself, and I, but only the one who sent me. This is not an excuse to be a jerk to people, but it gives you the freedom to please God first and man second. When you're in the scripture, when you, when you study 2 Timothy and it says, I'm going to gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change their mind. But after that, I'm letting it go. Because when we think it's up to us to change people's mind, we badger and we keep on coming up and we fixate on it and it consumes our world. We gently instruct, give it to God. Okay, I did, my, I did, I did it. I did, I did what I was supposed to do. The Bible told me to do this. I did it. Second, refuse to play the game. John 2 says this, but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. Some of you have been in situations where there's games being played, right? And sometimes you walk in and you're like, oh, this person really likes me. I got a new friend. Hold on, I'm being used, <laughs> right? You might be in a, a political situation where you are just, you are, you are a piece on a chessboard to them. Refuse to play the game. Stay out of it. Maybe the best thing you can do at Thanksgiving is to say, pass the stuffing. Kids are rocking it this morning. I don't know if you can hear them, but they're, whoa. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, maybe there's a lot of little voices in this church right now. That's awesome. Um, Refuse to play the game. Refuse to play the game. Maybe the best thing you can say, maybe it's before Thanksgiving even starts. You just look at a loved one. You just look over and go, I can't wait for that stuffing. This is a little code word. You just smile at each other. I say, Man, that stuffing. Ooh, can't wait for that stuffing. And you just know, no, I'm going to just change the subject. I don't need to deal this. I don't need to get sucked into this. I don't, we fought this argument 8,000 times before. That's not how I want to spend my day. How's that stuffing? Rise above it. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up like wings like eagles. Eagles, They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not be faint. Rise above it. You can't fly like an eagle if you're hanging with the turkeys. I heard that this week. I thought that was great. You can't fly like an eagle if you're hanging with the turkeys. You can't soar. You can't be who God has called you to be when you keep on putting yourself with people in environments that aren't helping you fly and are not helping you soar. Rise above it. Never 
retaliate. This one's hard. Never retaliate, especially if you, maybe your, your dysfunction, your difficult person persona is more of a volcano or a hammer, and you're going, but I want, but it'll feel so good just to, that's just me. You guys never struggle with that. But the retaliate, never retaliate. Don't, the Bible says this in 1 Peter 3, 9, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. What does he say? Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. It's so easy to read. So hard to do in life. This works with difficult people. This works for work. This works for marriage. And this works in kids. I'm not saying crawl in a hole and don't say anything ever. But here's the point. Here's the point in which you get to think thoughtfully and rise above it in this no retaliation. You stay calm. Get your memory verse done, guys. Let's go. Um, That's so funny. Stay calm. Stay calm. I'm, I'm fine. I love it. I want to be there with them. Um... Stay calm, think about your response, and then think about, if I say this, and this is crucial, crucial, because I don't think we do this very often. I know I don't. What's your response going to bring? If I say this, it might feel good. It might inflict pain. But then what's the after effect of it? This, this might feel good for about 30 seconds, and then I forgot about Christmas coming in four weeks. I forgot I have to drive home with that person. I forgot they're staying at my house next week. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. Pain, inflicting pain might feel good for a second, but is it helping anything at all? Never retaliate. Release them. Release them. Matthew 5, 44. But I say... Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Some people you cannot fix. And what does 2 Timothy say? Perhaps God will fix them, will fix them, change them, change their heart. Perhaps God, not perhaps Perry, not perhaps Vince, perhaps God. Release them. Because when you hold on and you're trying to fix them and you're trying to change their, their difficult ways and you, and you fixate on that and you just hold on to it, you know what happens? You make up stories about them. You demonize them. You take sides against them. You build this whole war against them of how you're going to convince them they are so wrong. And it consumes your life. You don't have to keep on running your head against that wall. You know what happens when you run, bang your head against the wall? You get a headache. You know what happens to the wall? Absolutely nothing. Release them. What you can do and how releasing works is to pray intentionally for them. Pray intentionally for them by name. Bring them to the throne of God. Say, God, I... This person is driving me bonkers, and I don't know what to do about it. And I, it's consuming me, and I know, and I'm, it's taking me to an unhealthy place. God, I need to give this person to you because 
I just can't hold this anymore. I don't like what it's doing to me. I am getting caught in a trap of Satan right now. I, I need to bring this person to your throne. And when you pray for somebody, you don't pray like, Lord, I hope they get in a car wreck. Okay, you pray, God, I, I pray blessings on them today. I pray, I pray that they get a promotion to the job. I pray that they have great health. I pray that, pray that they find the peace that they obviously are not having in their lives. I pray good things for them, God. And this, you cannot pray a prayer of blessing over someone and still be mad at them. It, it, it just cannot happen. You start praying blessings for them and your heart will con- start to change. The ice that is formed will start to melt. This is how you release them. And finally, you live redemptively. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Give up the hate. You can never forgive others more than God has already forgiven you. How you deal with difficult people is this. You live out the forgiveness that God has blessed you with. And you walk it out. Am I saying it's easy? Absolutely not. It is difficult. It's hard. But it's something we have to rise to. Because if you move, you're going to find difficult people there. If you get a divorce and get married again, guess what? There's going to be difficult people in that marriage still because you're still there. You can't trade in your kids. (laughs) Although some of us have tried probably, but... You can't outrun difficult situations and difficult relationships because people are difficult and they will always be there. As long as your heart doesn't change, it will always be difficult. As long as you don't change, you can't walk out the forgiveness that God has given you. Let's pray this morning. God, we ask you to be with us. Today, this morning, different people probably come to mind. Different situations we're dealing with in our lives have popped into our our consciousness. And Lord, right now, we want to lift those those times to you, those people to you, those moments to you. We want to lift up these difficult situations that we're facing to you. God, we need you. We need you in our work environments. We need you in our families. We need you as we go to Thanksgiving. We need you as we go home. We need you as we eat dinner tonight. We need you as we approach these issues in our life. God, that we would study 2 Timothy and make it known to us that you're the one that changes people, not us. That we don't want to get ensnared in the traps of Satan. We want to rise above them. God, don't let us be mired in petty arguments, things that don't bear any fruit. God, right now, as I look at this room and I, and I see our hearts, Lord, we, we pray for your forgiveness in our lives and we pray that we can act out that forgiveness. God, I, I pray for mercy for me. That I can just shower it on the people around me. God, we want to be your hands and feet in this world. We want to speak your words of love and in truth into the situations around us. God, I ask you to be with us. I ask you to redeem us. That in this moment we could find you, in this moment that we could 
lay our sins at your feet and be redeemed. At this moment, we say, God, I, I'm convicted. I know that I'm the difficult person. God, will you forgive me? My sins of selfishness and my sins of pride and my me getting in the way of me is just, God, I need you to take it all. I don't want to be this way anymore. God, will you redeem me? Will you walk with me? Will you shape me? Lord, we love you. We praise your name. Amen.